Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics podcast. It's Thursday, March 9th. I'm Michael Serapio. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. Justin Trudeau and Pierre Poliev spar over investigating allegations of election interference. That's why we've created a committee where all parliamentarians from different parties can get top secrets clearance and look into these matters deeply without compromising the safety of people who serve this country. Leader of the opposition. He's not interested in protecting the safety of the people serving this country. He's interested in protecting the Liberal Party of Canada. Grocery CEOs appear before the Agriculture and Agri-Food Committee. Our retail prices have not risen faster than our costs. So no matter how many times you read it on Twitter, the idea that grocers are causing food inflation is not only false, it's impossible. And Mark Garneau announces his retirement from Parliament. I know that every single one of you comes here wanting to make Canada a better place. We might have different views about how to do it, and that's fine. But when it all is said and done, there's much more that unites us than divides us. Well, let's get to the top political stories this morning. Happy to have joining us today, Catherine Levesque, parliamentary reporter for the National Post. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. Now, we've been talking about the China interference story every day this week, and another news report comes out yesterday, even stronger language from the Conservative leader in the House. Uh, What stood out for you in that exchange between Pierre Polyev and the Prime Minister? Because Polyev clearly sees some vulnerability here for Justin Trudeau and a clear advantage for him to go so hard. Oh, absolutely. And and what I thought was really interesting was not the content, but rather the style of questioning yesterday. Um, Instead of asking open-ended question to the Prime Minister, Pierre Polyev really switched his strategy at some point to ask some very pointed questions instead. And as Tonda McCharles from the Toronto Star this morning uh, rightly says, it's, it's the style of former NDP leader Thomas Mulcair. So it's very pointed questions. It's yes or no questions. And it really worked out for him. And uh, well, the the main question he wanted to get to was, had CSIS warned the prime minister, his staff, his party, or any member of his current caucus or cabinet may be part of a foreign interference network, yes or no? And that question came back, I think, five or six times. And really, the prime minister really got very uncomfortable because he kept on repeating the same things about the importance, first of all, of oversight bodies looking into foreign interference, which is what he's been repeating for weeks now. Um, And uh, he eventually tried to deflect the attention on other issues such as abortion or or even those three conservative MPs who met with this right-wing German politician. But really, we felt that Justin Trudeau got more and more uncomfortable. But I would also note the, you know, his caucus behind him also looked more and more uncomfortable. So really, I thought Pierre, Pierre Polyev really was very effective in his attacks yesterday. And I think he really got to a, to a sensitive point there. Yeah, in fact, it makes me wonder, because we did hear from Marco Mendicino, and he says this special rapporteur that the prime minister is promising, that this person, whoever they might be, uh, will be appointed in a matter of weeks, not months. But given how hard this issue is hitting the prime minister, given how hard that Q&A was yesterday, I wonder if they, they'll want to actually move up that timeline and get a rapporteur appointed sooner than later. 
That's a very good question. And and frankly, I'm also wondering more and more which eminent Canadian, in quotation marks, will be willing to occupy this untenable position because it's been criticized by all the opposition parties, you know, who uh, uh, are, aren't very sure that this is necessary, who are really still calling on a public inquiry led by someone else that, you know, of their choice. Um, but look, I really get the impression that the liberals thought the story would just go away eventually um, after they made their amount, their announcement on Monday, you know, all these measures, the uh, special rapporteur. Um, but the reality is that the leaks are still ongoing and are still embarrassing the government. And I, I just feel like it's it's going on. It, you know, Pierre Poliev will continue to ask pointed questions, and I'm sure he's going to be doing that today. Um, so you're right. I, I think there's suggestion that they might want to, uh, you know, announce something sooner rather than later. I think that would be a good idea. But again, I think the the opposition parties really are united in the sense that they want something else. They want more, uh, and they want more action to really combat foreign interference, given that the Canadians are so concerned about the subject. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, and that is certainly something that uh, the Liberals are keeping a keen eye on, the, the polling numbers here, because they are taking a hit. Uh, so without a doubt, there, there will be more said about the foreign interference story today. We'll be covering that. Uh, but listen, I also want to talk about food prices, because here we had this really unique situation yesterday, grocery CEOs appearing before the Agriculture Committee uh, and really having to answer questions about big profits at a time when Canadians are struggling financially. Now, the NDP has in the past described it, as you know, uh, they described it as profiteering, but they may have been disappointed uh, by the answers that they heard. Oh, absolutely. I'm not sure this was the big standoff that Jagmeet Singh was hoping for yesterday. Uh, he, you know, he arrived at the committee with a huge stack of questions from concerned citizens. You know, I think he got some of the clips that he wanted. Uh, he tried to table all those questions to the committee. But frankly, I would say in the end, Jagmeet Singh wasted some precious time uh, doing so. And the rest of the time, Mr. Singh was spent asking, well, especially Loblaw CEO Galen Weston, how much profit is too much profit? He didn't get an answer from that. And he also kept on cutting Mr. Weston off by saying that, um, you know, he's been making one million in excess profit per day. No one feels sorry for him. So really, there were a lot of attacks, but I, I, I feel not a lot of very concrete answers or, or answers that Mr. Singh would have liked. Um, but Galen Weston, I must say, and, and again, with all the grocery store CEOs uh, that were there, came prepared. Um, Mr. Weston in particular explained that food chains actually have very small profit margins and kept on repeating this figure that out of a $25 grocery basket, Loblaws actually get only $1 in profit. So it's not that much. And even if the, the industry had zero profits at the moment, the grocery basket would still cost $24. So really, I think he, he did make the point that Loblaws has been losing some money on some basics. Uh, you know, he mentioned meat, vegetable oil, butter. Uh, he said, for example, milk is being sold below cost. So he really tried to, you know, nail that head and and really um you know make it clear that in terms of grocery stores they're really doing the best they can um but i really feel like we're comparing oranges with apples that that was the impression i got yesterday because jagmeet singh really wanted to emphasize the huge profits which have been 
frankly driven by pharmaceuticals, by cosmetics, by you know other chains that are not yeah, the, really the discretionary the stores. spending, the discretionary spending oh. rather than the necessary spending. Absolutely. And grocery CEOs really wanted to focus on what they claim to be razor thin mar- profit margins, uh, frankly, in, in the grocery stores. So it really, I, I feel like we didn't really get a lot of headway there. Uh, you know, a lot of questions, but not a lot of answers in in the end. Yeah, well, the NDP had been hoping to essentially uh, collect enough evidence that would justify an excess profit tax on grocery chains. So we're going to have to see where that goes. But, you know, before you go, uh, I also want to talk about Mark Garneau, of course, a decorated Canadian long before he entered political life. But he announced yesterday that he'll be stepping down from his Montreal seat. Uh, why now? Why the retirement? Also a very good question. I think he he promised his family he would retire from politics. That was very clear. He was just waiting for the right moment. And what we've heard is that uh, actually 2019 was maybe supposed to be his last election. But what happened is that, um, you know, in, in 2019, early 2021, rather, he was named foreign affairs minister. He ended up running again later that year um, to ensure maybe a bit more stability to the position. But when you know, after the the 2021 election, Mark Garneau ended up not making it in cabinet. Melanie Jolie was named foreign minister, as we know, right after. So uh, Mr. Garneau has been essentially a a backbencher since. And uh, he went on to become co-chair of that special joint committee on medical assistance and dying. Um, So that was something that was important to him. He wanted to see the final report tabled before he did anything about his political career and that report was tabled last month so uh it it was very touching to see him yesterday you know he didn't mention he kind of broke the rules a little bit by saying that his family was in the gallery with him (laughs) um but in a very way (laughs) exactly (laughs) The, the speaker didn't say anything um but uh look i i think really it's it's the long you know, he's been in in politics for 15 years. It's long career. And frankly, uh, Mr. Garneau is 74 now. Uh, I think no one can can really blame him to want to retire at this point. So it's a well-deserved retirement for him. Yeah, absolutely. And will always be a part of Canadian history, both political and, of course, uh, scientific. So uh, Mark Garneau announcing his retirement. Uh, listen, Catherine, thank you so much for joining you this morning. Nice to speak with you. Same. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're welcome. Have a great morning. That's Catherine Levesque, parliamentary reporter for The National Post. The prime minister is, is signaling that he's not taking this seriously and is somewhat is being dismissive. And in his actions also is, is more and more seeming like there's something to hide. Now let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators and editorialists are saying today. In the Globe and Mail, Lawrence Martin argues Justin Trudeau can survive the Chinese meddling uproar, but the economic harms for Canada could be deep. Lawrence Martin writes, as with so many political controversies, it is best to step away from the heat of the day and consider what the matter will look like months down the road. Where this story has lasting great importance is in the damage it has brought to the Canada-China relationship. Relations had soured with the economic giant, our second largest single country trading partner. They were at a tipping point. The meddling revelations have taken them over the edge and the economic ramifications down the line could be dire. In the Hill Times, Les Whittington asks if the West's support for Ukraine will stand the test of time. 
He writes, there's not much reason to hope that Vladimir Putin would decide to seek peace. Despite the Russian leader's diatribes about the West's plot to destroy Russia, it is all too clear that Putin sees his life's mission as expanding his country's borders to redress what he sees as the catastrophe of the breakup of the Soviet Union. He has recently warned his country of a protracted war and in addition of systematically destroying Ukraine's infrastructure is stepping up the military offensive. The overriding question is becoming whether the West will persist in helping Ukraine hold back the invasion for the long term. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will chair the Cabinet meeting and attend question period. He will also speak with the leaders of the Assembly of First Nations, the Inuit Tapirik Kanatami, and the Métis National Council to discuss Indigenous health. The Deputy Prime Minister, Christopher Freeland, will virtually attend the Cabinet meeting before meeting with private sector economists in Toronto as part of her pre-budget consultations. The Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino, the International Development Minister Harjit Sajjan, and the Justice Minister David Lametti will all take questions from the media following a technical briefing on the tabling of an act to amend the criminal code. Defense Minister Anita Anand will address industry partners, stakeholders, and defense experts on the first day of the Ottawa Conference on Security and Defense. The Employment Minister Carla Qualtro will visit Collège La Cité in Ottawa to announce investments under the Skills for Success program. And as for the Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet, he will hold a press briefing to talk about his party's budgetary expectations. And that is CPAC's Today in Politics for this Thursday, March the 9th. Join me on Primetime Politics tonight as CPAC has full coverage of the day's events for you. I'm Michael Serapio. For everyone here at CPAC, thank you for listening. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.